Welcome back to the EM Stud Podcast. Nate Lewis here, along with my super awesome co-host, Scott Wieters. Scott, what's going on in your world? Oh, man, Nate. You know, interview season's really far away. Um, why are all my students talking about interviews already? What's going on? Yeah, mine are too. I, you know, it, it seems like all the chatter is about the double AMC SVI. Whoa, 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 whoa. The, the what? The, uh, you know, the SVI, the Standardized Video Interview. Uh, it's a full go this year, and uh, this summer, all students applying to emergency medicine will need to do an online interview that gets scored as part of their application packet. Oh my gosh, I completely forgot. That's that's a big deal. Yeah, so you know, what are we going to do to help out our young EM studs? Well, if you haven't already checked out our previous episode on the SVI that we did last August, I highly recommend taking a listen. Uh, Scott, you know how we love to get information right from the source. And so in that episode, you interviewed Dr. Atul Grover from the Double AMC. And I am so excited that uh, today, to bring us even more up to speed on the SVI, Dr. Grover has graciously agreed to come back to help get the word out and inform our students about how they can best succeed. That's great. That's great. So I think we've actually got him on the line right now. So Dr. Grover, welcome back to the EM Stud podcast. If you could remind us again about your credentials and tell us a little bit more about yourself for those that might not be familiar with you. Thanks to both of you, uh, Scott and Nate, for for the opportunity to talk to you and to talk to the students out there. Um, so I'm Atul Grover. I'm the executive vice president at the Association of American Medical Colleges. And um, as you probably know, uh, we are uh, working on this SVI um, as part of a larger project. Um, you know, I have a background in general internal medicine, a PhD in public policy, did some work in consulting and, and applied economics for a while, worked in the government, but really now um, I'm looking sort of more broadly across what we do in med ed, research, clinical care, uh, leadership development. And part of that means looking at um, what we can do for our uh, learners in terms of um, easing some of their transitions uh, and a lot of the stress that we see building up in that transition to residency, which really we would define as sort of from the time you come into med school to uh, the end of the first year of residency, um, a lot of that stress uh, is around applying to residency and knowing that um, preparing and applying for residency programs is taking away from some of the curricular goals of the fourth year, uh, that there are, um, you know, a lack of, of adequate information about qualities for a successful resident um, and an over-reliance on USMLE, step one and two scores. Applicants themselves don't have complete information about residency programs. Uh, and so everyone is spending more time and financial resources on the interview process, on the application process, and students are experiencing a greater financial burden. So. You know, taking a little step closer then, we decided that, you know, we wanted to be able to give better information to applicants and better information to programs. Uh, and so we're doing a bunch of things here. We've done some research on residency selection, did a program director survey to ask them what they were looking for that they didn't already have information about. Um, we did a guide to help our programs 
um, sort of think about best practices for conducting interviews because it turns out about half of them don't train people uh, to, to do those interviews when applicants for residency come in. And then we're doing some work around the core EPAs uh, and competency-based education so we have better standards to, to rate people, revising that Dean's Letter or MSPE, and then we have the standardized video interview. So that's great, man, and you guys definitely sound busy. Um, in terms of the SVI project specifically, I know you already mentioned a, a little bit about that, but um, can you sort of give us the, a, a more broad 10,000-foot view for those who really are hearing about this for the first time? Yeah, essentially, um, you know, we have a lot of great sort of numerical standardized testing that helps us evaluate from a program director side, um, you, you know, the, the quality and characteristics of an applicant, but it doesn't get at some of this more personal stuff and some of the other elements of who a person is beyond their scores or their dean's letter or letters of recommendation. And one of the things that we found on the program director survey was there are some things that are, are highly important to them, including interpersonal communication skills as well as uh, professionalism, and they don't feel like they get great information about that. So what we did with the standardized video interview is um, really try to develop uh, six questions that focus on the ACGME competencies around knowledge of professional behaviors and interpersonal and communication skills. Um, the, uh, the way the videos work is it's a, a one-way um, video and uh, people record answers to six questions. Um, and they're, they're not really content-based questions. They're more like, give me an example of a time when you were successful in communicating a difficult message clearly and confidently to a difficult audience. What was the message and how did you communicate it? So really very different than most of the other stuff that uh, we use in assessment uh, in, in medical education and training. Um, and so it really was done now starting with the emergency medicine standardized video interview working group uh, to oversee the work to evaluate this tool, particularly as it relates to validity, reliability, bias, fairness, how we score the interviews, um, group differences, and any correlations with other information provided in the residency application. Gotcha. So you guys have been doing a lot of work on this, and specifically, I know there was a, a project, I guess, that we entered into last year with some volunteers. Can you give us a general description about how that went? Uh, it went pretty well. So we originally had it open to students applying to emergency medicine, and in a second phase, um, we uh, added OBGYN, pediatrics, and general surgery just to get a sense of you know, how this might apply to different fields in the research study uh, and help compare across specialties. We had um, 1,760 students participate across those four specialties, which is only a response rate of about 11.5%, but this was all voluntary, and we were asking them to do this uh, to help evaluate the tool. And during the research study, um, the scores and videos were not shared with either applicants or with program directors. It was really just for research purposes. So in the pilot, uh, you mentioned you had uh, sev about 1,700 students uh, participate in this, record themselves, uh, submit these interviews. Um, can you tell us a little bit about uh, really sp specifically who was uh, responsible for evaluating the interviews, what they were looking for? Yeah, we actually had a diverse pool of human resource professionals 
Um, because there were six questions and each uh, question had uh, three minutes to respond, um, we had six raters for each inter interview uh, with a different rater assigned to each question. That minimizes any one rater's influence on the total interview score. Uh, raters were also um, asked to complete the AAMC unconscious bias training, as well as training on the competencies that we're trying to assess and the rating scales. Gotcha. So, Dr. Gruber, why don't you tell us about the results of that study? How did we turn out with things? What was some average scores, maybe some uh, statistics here? Is this what you were wanting? Are we calibrated? Tell us about the results. Yeah, and again, we were looking in particular at the total score distribution, right? Did everybody score a 30 or everybody score a 1? Uh, that wouldn't be very useful. Um, group differences between gender, race, ethnicity, applicant type, um, and any correlations with things like USMLE Step 1 or Gold Humanism or AOA uh, membership because if we weren't getting any new information and it was highly correlated to something we already measured, uh, that wouldn't be too useful for people to go through that process either. So with the six questions, the total scores ranged from 6 to 30. And uh, in the first two forms that we tested, the mean was 18.7. Standard deviation was 2.8, uh, scores ranging from 12 to 29, completely normally distributed, uh, and raters used the full range of the score set scale. Um, what I will tell you is that we also then really wanted to look at uh, any potential differences uh, based on different groups uh, taking this. We, we also um, did some spot checking to make sure that uh, with the unconscious bias training, we monitored the Raiders' performance throughout the research phase, um, and we want to minimize that bias. So, uh, but <clears throat> excuse me. Then we were interested in what those results were, and we were really happy. There was no difference in effects by gender. Uh, for race, there was no effect for blacks, and a small effect for Hispanic and Asians. Um, but for context, achievement tests typically report large group differences by race and ethnicity. So. Um, given the concerns in the community around um, unconscious or conscious bias, uh, we were pretty pleased to see those results. We also um, did not study group differences by age, but we did look at group differences by applicant type. So we compared USMD students with DO students and USIMGs and non-USIMGs. We found a small effect for DO and USIMG students and a medium effect for non-USIMG students. So again, um, normally, you see large group differences. We didn't see that here. So great. Sounds like uh, in terms of bias, there wasn't uh, really maybe as much as we were uh, thinking there could be. Um, but also, just out of curiosity, did you find that the interview scores correlated at all with actual uh, academic performance? Did, did it correlate with USMLE Step 1 scores, for example? No. There, there was um, just a very small correlation between the SVI and the most recent USMLE Step 1 and Step 2 clinical knowledge scores. Uh, there is no correlation with Step 2 clinical skills, pass-fail outcome. Um, so it's suggesting that the interview is really measuring something different than academic competency, which is what we intended. Um, it provided some initial evidence of the validity of the SVI, but with all assessments, we continue to study validity as, as we move forward into this operational pilot year. Uh, and we're going to be working with a subset of uh, emergency medicine programs to study the, the relationship between video interview scores and local outcomes, such as scores on in-person interviews and uh, trainees' performance in, in the first uh, six months or so of residency. 
Well, that's interesting. It sounds like the information's been helpful. We've learned some things. Uh, what tweaks or changes are you guys using moving forward with the data you've collected? Um, one thing that we're doing in response to uh, requests from the students and advisors is we're actually going to release the scores. Um, initially, we weren't going to do that, but uh, based on the feedback from clerkship directors, from students, student affairs staff, um, we wanted to include that reporting in the distribution of the SVI score to the applicant. Uh, we just made that decision a couple of weeks ago, so we're still working through the details of how to accomplish this, whether we do it through MyAris or some other mechanism. But I think we uh, gain an appreciation in the community of how having scores might be helpful to applicants in determining their, their application strategy. Um, and so we're, we're glad to be able to make that happen. Um, the other things that we're doing uh, is there's prep materials on the website um, because we noted that applicants said, you know, we really like additional materials and background uh, and um, uh, have a, a bunch of those documents up on the website. Um, the most common recommendation in terms of students who participated in the research study uh, was to practice interviewing. So we're offering interview questions from the research study to help applicants prepare with realistic examples. Um, they'll also have the opportunity to practice responding to interview questions in the system. Um, and, and this will give applicants an opportunity to acclimate themselves to responding on a computer, which is a little different. And we're told by applicants completing the interview that after completing a couple of questions, they felt a lot more comfortable. Um, otherwise, the format is largely the same, uh, and we haven't changed the, the format of the interview or the technology used. Um, and we, we found that to be pretty effective for delivering an interview that assesses interpersonal and communication skills and knowledge of professional behaviors. Dr. Grover, you know, some of our students out there have some uh, healthy skepticism or some anxiety about uh, really just anything new, but this, this sort of affecting their residency applications um, can be a little stressful. So, you know, I think in, in thinking about the benefit of the SVI um, to students, I think it gives them another way to share information about themselves that will add depth to their residency application and provides the opportunity to showcase themselves uh, beyond academic metrics, um, such as grades and, and board scores. So uh, there are always people like me who didn't necessarily test as well, but I, I think I can usually communicate with others pretty well. And that's something that I'd like programs that I was applying to to be able to see. Um, this gives an opportunity to do that. And it also helps programs to see if somebody's going to be a good fit for their program. And our goal was really to widen the band of acceptable applicants rather than narrow it. And from the program perspective, uh, again, the program directors tell us they want more than the board scores and academic metrics. And they indicate that applicants who fall in the middle, who may not have the highest board scores, but may excel in other areas and, and with inter interpersonal skills, might be overlooked because they don't have that information to see them stand out in other ways. So we just think that the SVI interview can provide an additional information point the programs might find helpful in making decisions about who they invite to fill their limited interview slots. Uh, and so it will be an operational pilot this year. Um, people will be able to see the scores and see the, the interview uh, videos, uh, and, and we'll see if it's a, a, a useful tool as we think it will be. Can you address a little bit about, uh, you know, what students might uh, might be concerned about if they're 
if they just feel they're introverts, they feel like this may actually harm them more than help them? What would you say to them? Um, I, you know, I, I think the best thing is uh, preparation. And some of the examples of ways to prepare would be mock interviews with a friend or advisor um, to try using Skype or, or a Google Hangout. Time yourself so you're comfortable providing a three-minute response. Um, you know, think about what on your CV you might want to reflect in an answer to some of these questions, what specific examples of situations that will help you answer the questions. Um, and once they log into the system, there's unlimited practice time available. Uh, so we hope that that lets them get familiar with the interview environment as well as test technology uh, and setup. Um, and AAMC's Careers in Medicine site is also a great resource for general information uh, on interviewing. Um, and then mentors, mentors and advisors can help by conducting mock interviews. Uh, and I think for anybody who's more introverted, um, this can only help them both with this kind of preparation for the SVI, but also when they go off and do their in-person interviews. So you can go onto the website and uh, take a couple of practice tests, and you can record yourself. And if you would send that into Nate, he's agreed to watch every single medical student's <laughs> practice interview and give them direct <laughs> feedback. Right. Something like that. Thanks. Thanks, Scott. Uh, so another question for you. In terms of actual resources, I can imagine that, uh, you know, some schools will uh, get on board with this fully and set up uh, little recording studios. Uh, but then again, some students may not have access to that. Or if they're on away rotations and, and they don't have access to a recording studio, they just kind of record themselves on their cell phone. I mean, do you think uh, that will affect the uh, results at all? So what we found in um, this research pilot was that technology did not make a difference. Um, so that you know people who had very sort of fancy setups um, didn't do any any better or worse than than people who were just doing it from a cell phone. Gotcha. And it, it sounds like the other thing that there's a concern about is the timing of the deadline. And to remind our listeners, it's July 31st, if I'm not mistaken. Sometimes we get students that make a decision late in the career, so maybe August or September when they might not be able to experience emergency medicine based on their curriculum at their school. Uh, will they get left out? What should these students do? So our recommendation is that even if people are considering a residency in emergency medicine, uh, when they get to July, they should complete the standardized video interview during that open period. And if they decide not to apply to an EM residency, their scores are not going to be released. Great. And I have to bring up uh, sort of the elephant in the room here. Is there any projected uh, expense or cost uh, to the students with this moving forward? You know, the goal is is to not have the students bear the majority of the cost. Um, and we're trying to figure out right now, based upon, um, you know, how valuable this is to programs and to students uh, and, and to um, – the community in general uh, as to uh, whether or not we would move forward with it and then how we would actually come up with a business model. So all that stuff is part of what we're going to be evaluating this year. But, um, you know, our leadership is very committed to not sort of throwing all the costs onto the applicants, knowing that um, you're already bearing a, a, a large uh, portion of the cost just from um, the in-person interviews and applications themselves. And, you know, the goal would be that if we can better tailor, if this is one of the things that can help help us better tailor um, the match between a program and an applicant, and it saves a student a visit out there, they're going to save some money. Um, the program, hopefully, then is not going to 
interview a lot of people that um, they wouldn't see as a good fit. Uh, so we have to do all that cost-benefit analysis as we get the data. Very good. So, Dr. Grover, where are we going? What is the future direction of this project? And uh, give us a, a prediction in the future. Where are we headed? Well, I think you know, we need to work some stuff out in this, this coming year. Um, so we're trying to figure out, again, that value that the tool brings to programs uh, and to students and how they utilize it, if at all, in the application review process. Um, and should the tool bring high value to the process, we'll figure out the business model and we'll look to expand the number of participating specialties in future era cycles. So if the SVI moves beyond the operational pilot stage and expands into specialties with large applicant pools, um, it's unlikely that we could resource enough professional raters to score the interviews and make them available program directors by mid-September uh, when ACGME accredited programs start re re receiving applications. So. Um, we're looking at the possibility of expanding that human um, raider pool as much as possible. We're going to do um, during this operational pilot this year, uh, looking at the feasibility of, of computer scoring as a supplement to human scoring. Uh, we know it's worked in other fields, but again, we wouldn't want to deploy that without getting some data behind it. All right, many thanks to Dr. Atul Grover, the Executive Vice President of the AAMC, once again for sharing his wisdom and information with us about the standardized video interview. For more information about the standardized video interview, including the nuts and bolts of what you need to do, visit the AAMC website at www.aamc.org svi. That will provide you links to all of the different information and get you positioned so that you can match and become an EM stud. 